0: Welcome back to Sports lines the most authentic place in sports. I'm your host for today's episode and for tomorrow's episode. Sean Davis Warner is out for the rest of the week. He has a torn tortic- Achilles. I'm joking. Ah ha ha ha. Um, but yeah. So listen to our podcast podcast platform. This episode will be split into two halves. Um, the first half will uh, discuss some NFL stuff, some NBA stuff. Um, just a bunch of news that's happened over the past 24 hours. And then the end of the show, NFL week, uh, NFL, uh, SH pick six and we'll close show up with some other stuff as well, but let's get into today's show. The Brit- the headline of today let's off of last night, the AL and the NLCS game four and game three, the Dodgers and the Astros two teams have faced off against each other a few years ago. They needed to get a big-time win yesterday, and they both got them in different ways. The In game four, Tyler Glass on them out. Uh, and for the Astros, Jose Altuve probably had the, the worst series or stretch of games in his life, but he came up big-time on the offensive side uh, yesterday. He had a home run in the first inning. He had an RBI in the second inning. Two-RBI day for him. George Springer had a two-run shot uh, after the Rays knotted it up at two apiece. Um, and the Astros stay alive. The Astros went four to three. Um, they went four to three. Zach Greinke got the win. Six innings, pitch, two earned runs, seven strikeouts, and a walk. Uh, Tyler Glass on six innings, four earned runs, five Ks, five strikeouts, and two walks on the day for him. Um, and, and this is what the Astros need. They needed a big time win. They got the big time win game five tonight. Um, yeah, The Braves really just need a good pitching game from where the starter is, and they have the series one. That's how I look at it. And then the Dodgers and the Braves, game three of the NLCS, uh, and the Braves did stand a chance from the beginning. The Dodgers scored a MLB record, 11 runs. In the first inning, including uh, a three-run shot by Jock by Pearson, All these runs, by the way, came with two outs. Most of these runs came with two outs. Jock Pearson had a three-run shot. Rios hit a solo shot immediately following that. Max Muncie, towards the end, hit a grand slam. They go up 11-zip. They wound up winning the game 15-3. The Dodgers are now... Back in the series, they're only trailing two games to one. In the series game for tonight, they will host the. Um, I mean, they won't host, they'll put on the mound Clayton Kershaw. And why does it seem like I watched Get Up earlier today? And why does it seem like all these big time games where it's not necessarily a must win? But if the Dodgers lose the that game, uh, it, it could be drastic consequences for the team. Why does well, it feel like it's always Clayton Kershaw pitching in those games? And I'm I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I would be bold-faced lying if I said I am 1,000% confident that Clayton Kershaw tonight in Game 4 to tie the series of two games apiece is going to deliver a win for us. I would be lying through my teeth if I said that. i would be lying to you. Like he has a track record. He is a Hall of Fame caliber pitcher. But unfortunately, he just has a track record of in the big games just not showing up in it. And I hate to and I hate to say that about Clayton. I think Clayton's one of the all-time greats. He's he's the Peyton manning of the sport. Really? Peyton Manning in Indy, Peyton Manning in the early uh, Denver days before that defense carried him in 2015, the greatest regular season quarterback I've seen is so probably Patrick Mahomes. But in the postseason, he is he just significantly, significantly underwhelms and and doesn't perform well. And I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. And it, you know, it, it's it's kind of, it's frustrating as a Dodgers fan. That I can't, I don't 100% trust that my superstar ace is going to close out a, a win for us tonight. It's it, That's very frustrating for me. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm not going to lie to you guys. So Really quickly, today's episode or today's podcast or whatever, if my screen will load and work and be cooperative, uh, anyway, today's episode is presented by um, excuse me, I'm joking. Uh, but anyway, today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space. So you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today, become a member, and immediately be connected with advertisers to fit your audience. That's Podgo dot co at podgo dot co co and be sure you add our podcast and the how did you hear about podgo section of the application once again that's podgo podgo dot co co and you know shout out shout out to them for um for sponsoring today's episode but anyway let's continue with the with today's Headlines go to college football. Major news, the big story of the day, Nick Saban has tested positive for COVID-19. He is expected to not coach on the sidelines on su- on Saturday's big time matchup with number 3 ranked Georgia as Georgia and Alabama will face off. Also Alabama's AD uh gets test positive for COVID-19. So it'll be interesting to see um, the how Alabama copes with this. I don't think this is going to have a negative impact on the college football rankings or whatever. I think if you know Saban's out, they lose against Georgia. It's a close back. I don't think it'll matter. I don't think it'll really matter, especially if they line up and face each other, which has them right now with LSU being a, a flop right now, no defense. A and is A and M. They can never get over the hump. Florida could still get there, but if we get another Alabama Georgia game, an SEC championship game, and everybody's there, that's the game that's going to determine, you know, how the college football playoff shakes out or whatever. Um, so I' not going to take away from the game. This is still a big time game. Number two, number three. I actually think this puts more pressure on Georgia to win than the Georgia loses the game. They were like, okay, the greatest college football coach of all time is not there, and you still can't beat them. I think that's when, um, I think that's when we started looking at Georgia out, out, out of the side eye with the side eye, um, and and that's kind of where the problem lies. Um, next up on today's headlines, which actually, fun fact, that's actually where like sports headlines came from. You know, like the idea of sports headlines are like, okay. Uh, the headlines from sports sports headlines, something like that. Something corny, you know, we always have to be corny or whatever. Um anyway, so next up on today's headlines, Le'Veon Bell obviously yesterday uh was released, or actually no Tuesday. Tuesday he was released from um the New York Jets. He obviously he tweeted out a praying hands emoji thanking the Jets for his time there. I'm joking. Nobody would ever thank the Jets for their time in that terrible organization. But um, anyway, Le'Veon Bell uh, released from the New York Jets Yep, Tuesday. He was able to declare waivers. I uh, well, no, no, my bad. He was not expect. He, he did not hit waivers due to the fact that um, he's a veteran and he was a free agent at four. PM Eastern Time yesterday. So you guys are watching live on SportsCast. To put in the chat, where do you guys think Le'Veon Bell should go? I think there's a couple of spots. I think he could go. I think, well, my Chargers would, would would we would welcome or open arms. I mean, it's LA. You know, will you want to hug Le'Veon shoe? I mean, you could come to LA. I mean, my gosh. um I think, I think the Chargers obviously. I would love to have them there. Um, I would want. Let's see. I, I I think I think Pittsburgh is a real. Everybody's talking about Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh is a real possibility. Um, you know that bridge. I I think, you know, with everything that happened with Ben and Antonio Brown, I think Ben will be willing to you know welcome Le'Veon back in. That offense needs a, like another level of explosiveness. It what. They know how to use Le'Veon. They have an offensive line, right? And that's one of the things that was so good about Le'Veon is his patience, his being able to when you give him an offensive line to see and be so. He's one of the more patient running backs in NFL history. So to see the lane and see the um, the the uh, the hole and the from, from the protection to burst through the burst through that hole, and obviously he he's. Uh, In his prime, he was on a Christian McCaffrey type of level in terms of, you know, uh, uh, versatility to where you can use him as a pass-catching running back in certain situations. I think having a dual-back situation with him, with James Conner, what we should have gotten last year or the year before when he held out – I think it would be fun to watch as well. And I don't think actually. I think the fact that James James Conner didn't. Um, I, th- I think you know reason why Le'Veon they didn't give him the money is because James Conner that year that Le'Veon was holding out. James Conner played so well. I think if James Conner didn't play that well, Le'Veon would have been back so quick. They would have paid him his money and be like, uh – James is our guy, so you know what? Here here's your money. Um so yeah, I'm typing a poll. Where should you know where should LeVeon Bell go? I, I think there's a couple of places. Um I think he could go there. I think obviously I would want him to go to my chargers. Um I think I think the 49ers could use him. You know, there, it's something, man, with that team. We'll talk about it later on SH Pick 6. But um, it, it's just something with that team. And I'll talk about them later. It's just Super Bowl hangovers are real. So Kyle Shanahan, got to get it together. Um, I don't want to say Tampa Bay because I think they're so like, eh, any running back on the mark. But I think Tampa Bay could. I don't think they will, though. Philly, I actually really like a Philly fit. I really like an a Eagles fit. Could win the division. I think he's he's gonna go to a team that wants to compete. Um, so yeah, I just posted a poll. Please respond. Um, where should Le'Veon Bell go? Um, but that's the other biggest headline. I'll just get to some uh, NBA stuff real quick. So here's another question for you guys. Um, so LeBron James just won his fourth NBA championship. We're all, we're all aware of well, We are all well aware of that at this point. So I'm gonna say, and I'm I'm watching these shows or listening to these shows I talking about this and say this is in ranking this amongst his best finals performances, his most important championships. So not not trying to devalue any of the other four championships so let's go through his four nba championships and you know rank them by his uh performance by and by the importance of th- the championships all right so and last place in terms of performance performance 2012 against okc i think that's the least impressive performance by LeBron James because D-Wade was still D-Wade then. He didn't have to carry the team as much as the other three years. Um And, I mean, it's OKC. It was never really in doubt that they were going to lose that series. They lost game two. Even game one, they were beating OKC for most of that game one. And in the fourth quarter, they let up, and, and KD and the crew – you know that they got hot. They made shots in the fourth quarter of that game one. So I think that that game one. Again, I was never in doubt that they were gonna win that, lose that series. Um, again, if you're just on joining us, the question of the day is: where should Le'Veon L go? Uh, your options are the 49ers. The Steelers, the, um, my Chargers, because I love my Chargers, and the Eagles. So these four options, where should Le'Veon Bell go? And send that out again. Um, but yeah, so he, he played great in that series. Uh, this probably last on the importance too. Um, your first one is important, but I think, Compared to the other three, it's just because the other three were so big. Like if you, this was MJ. The first is arguably the most important because it was against the Lakers. The what he had to overcome to get there, um, you know, finally getting past the bad boy Pistons. Uh, and I guess it, I guess I could be contradicting myself there with because LeBron to get over the Celtics and he had his single handedly greatest performance in his career. Against the Celtics in that game six. So I guess, eh, but this is the least important and it's least impressive performance as well. Uh, Number three in terms of performance. Number three is um, the 2013 uh, finals against the Spurs. And the reason why this is less least impressive of the four wins, third, third most impressive. I don't know how you want me to describe that. I'm a, Actually, I'm going to put a poll as well for you guys who want to answer that as well. Um, but look, there were games in that series where LeBron wasn't LeBron. And in 2016 and this year, there wasn't a game where LeBron wasn't the best player in the floor. There wasn't a game where LeBron wasn't dominant, Right. And that series against San Antonio in 2013. I look at game three when they got blew the. Oh my gosh, they got blew out. Game one of that series, if I recall, lost by four. LeBron wasn't spectacular, right? I look at game five. Or no, is that the wrong game? I'm not thinking of get. No, game four was the game I'm thinking of. Game five. I look at game five and he wasn't spectacular to LeBron's standards, right? So in a game, in. Obviously, Game 6, Game 7, he was sensational. But this year, in 2016, there wasn't a game where you're like, okay, LeBron, you're a dominant. Got to get everybody else to play well. There wasn't a game like that. I mean, there wasn't a game where you're like, okay, LeBron, you got to play better. There wasn't a game. 2016, it, it was, oh, LeBron, oh, your face is going to stay... You're doing all you can, and then I mean, he dropped 41 in Game Five, 41 in Game Six, a 27-point triple-double in Game Seven, including one of the greatest block shots in NBA history, right? So LeBron held up his head end of the bargain. Not saying he didn't against the Spurs, but just wasn't to the level um, that uh, you know he did in 2016 this year, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, And so, my bad, number two, uh, number two on the list, this is tough. If you put one over the other, I'm fine with it. Most impressive performance, 2016. Most important finals this year. Here's why. Um, And obviously, like, this year's second most impressive performance. And 26 was his second most important. That's the most impressive 3 1. The way he finished that series 41, 41, 27. Um, the miles he had on his legs from that playoffs. Like LeBron was just this year, he's having 34, 35 minutes for for a vast majority of this postseason, right? Um, So I mean, he, he was a lot fresher come finals. Come the NBA Finals, and that wasn't he wasn't as fresh in terms of like the minutes he played um, throughout the playoffs, and th- this year is the most important. Doing it for Kobe, the wreck that has been twenty twenty, um, doing it in his seventeenth year in the NBA. Seventeenth year. That is ridiculous, right? And I'm not going to take anything away from that, right? But what he had to do to win that series against the greatest regular season team of all time is 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 special, and I and I don't think we give it enough credit for how he performed in that series. Average, uh, no, I think 2015, or was it 2018 average triple-double? It was one of the years of the game. Uh, 2017, actually, right? And if he doesn't play that way, game five, right? And, like, for example, this year, I'm going on a tangent here, but if you say, oh, well, Bam misses time, Goran Dragic missed pretty much the entire series, if they're healthy, they probably beat the Lakers. Okay. so And then they try to devalue the Lakers championship. Okay. Let's go back to 2015. The past five years, something with a player impacted a series for that team in a negative way where you say, well, if they had this player, they win a series. That's fine. Or they might win the series. That's fine. But what I'm saying is don't discredit the, the champion, right? 2015, we all know KF. Only if either one Kyrie or Kevin Love plays that series, right, Golden State, I mean, the Cavs will win that series, right? 2016, right? We say, oh, Draymond doesn't get suspended for game five. They probably close the, game, the series out in five. That is valid, but we don't discredit the Cavs' championship. 2017's the, the one exception. Everybody was healthy. 2017 is one exception. 2018, we say Chris Paul doesn't get hurt. The Rockets probably beat Golden State. And in my opinion, I think Cleveland beats the Rockets. I don't think the Cavs lose against the Rockets. In a seven-game series in the NBA Finals, I don't think Chris Paul and James Harden beats the GOAT. Sorry, I take a sip of my water there. Um, 2019, we say if either Clay or KD doesn't get hurt, Golden State probably wins the series. And now you want to say, oh, well, this it shouldn't really count. You know, bam, was hurt for a big chunk of the series. Gorn missed practically the whole entire series. So, you know, the series doesn't really count. Well, guess what? Besides 2017, there has been an injury or a suspension that has negatively impacted a team that when you look at the outlook of the series – You say, well, yeah, they probably win the series if they had that player. I don't want to hear that, okay? So, again, 2016 is the most impressive 3-1 comeback, the way he closed out the series on the greatest regular season team of all time. This year is the most important and second most impressive. Everything he did for Kobe, winning a championship, winning his fourth championship, really reinserting himself back in the GOAT discussion. For most people, you know, I already, he was already the GOAT, in my opinion. Don't if you want to get in that discussion. I don't really care, but in my, opinion, he's the greatest basketball player of all time, right? And then, if you wanted to look at, um, some of the other stuff as well as far of the GOAT. I mean, how many? I mean, are a sixteen-time All Star made all NBA team every year of his career. I think he might have even made his rookie year, I think. Um, got to look that up. But um yeah, and then 2013 he played exceptionally well in that series. In 2012, 2013-2012, don't get it twisted. I'm not saying he didn't play well in those series. I'm just saying that in my opinion, this year he played way better than those two series. And 2016, it was better and more important those two series. Alright. Um, so let's get to some NFL stuff right quick. Um, let's play, you know, we have we have about six more minutes before the end of the first half of the show. So let's play Pretender or Contenders, a very popular game. Um, if you don't know how this works, well, I'm about to educate you. Um, Here's how pretender or contender works. Contender or pretender. I give up a list of teams, and you shall. um, I'm going to say if I think they're a contender or a pretender. Let's do how much time we have left, five minutes now? Pretty much five minutes. So a minute per team, Uh, maybe less than a minute. All right, let's start with number one, the Indianapolis Colts, contender or pretender. I'm going to say pretender by a lot. Uh, Phillip Rivers is a big part of that. I think people are overrating the defense. I'm not going to say they haven't been playing well. But when you look at the teams that play besides the Browns, the offenses they've played have been really mediocre. And then offensively, Phillip Rivers is going to lose you a game or two or three or four, six or seven, I quit. But he's going to lose you a few games. And in an ASC where – when I do contender-pretender, I'm like, okay, are they good enough to where I can – you know, the the smallest thought comes to my head that they could be a top team in, in the conference. I don't feel that way about the Colts. They are a pretender in my opinion. Um, next up, the Las Vegas Raiders contender-pretender – I'm gonna go contender if if the offense plays like that every week. If the offense plays like that, where Derek Carr is airing it out, he's not being the dink and duck king. Um like if if he if Madden or whatever, like real if the NFL was two K, right? You get badges or whatever, he would get the the drop off badge, like just dink and dung, drop it off five yards, let you guys make a play. But he was expl. This offense was explosive. You have a top ten back in the league of Josh Jacobs. The offense looks good, right? With Henry Ruggs, Darren Waller, Tyrell Williams, Hunter Winfrey, not elite guys, So they get the bang for their buck with their wide receivers. Um, And the offense, they still have a really good offensive line. If the defense is average every week. This is a 9-10 win football team. They saw We saw they could compete with Kansas City. Um, so I'm going to go contender on the Raiders. Next up, the, um, let's go with the Arizona Conners contender or pretender. It's going to hurt. I love Kyler Murray. I'm going to say pretender for now. Um, I, I was kind of I jumped the wagon a little bit to start the year, and it kind of it kind of caught up to me. Um, look, Kyler Murray in this offense, their biggest problem is Kyler's going to do stuff that, like, when you give a, a young quarterback, an elite wide receiver, what they do, they're going to try to force the ball to that elite wide receiver. And Kyler Murray has weapons offensively, right? They can use Kenny and Drake out of the backfield. They have Christian Kirk, uh, Andy Isabella, Larry Fitzmagic. Larry Fitzgerald, I'm joking. Um, and Kyler at times... Forced the ball or tried to force the ball to DeAndre Hopkins. And that's just, and that's a problem. They really have to fix that um, in Arizona. Did uh, they fix that? I mean, and that's cost them a couple of games. Like, And if you're Arizona, you have to win the games on your You have to beat the teams you're supposed to beat. No disrespect to Carolina. They played great this year. Carolina is a team you have to beat, man. Detroit is a team you have to beat. I get you. Yeah, you're losing Chandler Jones for the year. Uh, Season-ending injury. Surgery on his right biceps. They suffered against the Jets. So I get it's going to be tough. That's another reason why um, I'm going pretender. Schedule's only going to get tougher. Dallas is a losable game. Um, then you got Seattle. Miami's a losable game the way they're playing. Buffalo, Seattle, New England, the Rams. You play, Pretender for now. I need to see some more from this team. And the last team I'm gonna do is the Cleveland Browns. They're four on one right now. Pretender or Contender. I'm gonna go contender. Um I'm gonna talk about them a little bit more in SH Pick Six. We're about a minute away from the halfway point. We're gonna stop for a second and come back. Um look. Offensively, I trust Vegas got to win them a game or two at some point in the year to solidify themselves. But look. They have the best rushing attack in the league. Their offensive line is quietly solidifying themselves as a top-tier offensive line in the NFL. So when, when when you put that together, can this team mesh, put it together? Kevin Stefanski has been really creative, which I love, with Odell Beckham Jr. I love the way they're playing offensively, defensively. It's Miles Garrett and Denzel Ward, and that's about it. Can they get more production from the defensive side of the ball? That's what we will need to see. All right, first half of the show is over. We're going to take on SportsCast for a 15-second break. Come back on Anchor. You're about to listen to us. All right, sorry, guys, we are having technical difficulties. Part 2 will not be uploaded today, so therefore, NFL SH Pick 6 will be tomorrow. Thank you for watching, or listening, rather. Most of that took place, sports. See you guys tomorrow.